When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! Bingetown, how are we feeling today? It's your boy PD here, aka producer Dave, with Kyle, Paul, and Alki. And today we will be covering what apparently is the series finale of Alice in Borderland with episodes seven and eight. And honestly, I don't even know where to begin, but I guess I'll just start by saying every single one of us was absolutely shocked to see that this was the series finale. There was no word of this being it, and since we weren't manga readers, we literally had no idea and no way of knowing that this was going to be the end. And even though I want way more Alice in Borderland content, I really think that the ending was honestly incredible. Maybe at first I was a little bit hesitant on it, but the more I've thought about it, I've honestly been thinking a lot about this ending the past few days, and it's really been on my mind, and that kind of just shows that I think that I've really much enjoy the ending. And I was just so amazed with this series. And we have a lot to cover in these two episodes, like a lot, a lot. So as listeners, you'll want to strap in. We'll cover about the episode breakdowns with seven and eight. And at the very end, uh, I did get a chance to read the manga the past few days. So I'm now a manga reader. And so at the very end, I kind of want to just cover some of the differences between the manga and the show. And I will say, apologize if we all kind of sound like shit, we're all remote right now. And so we're not all in the same uh, room. So it makes it a little difficult, but Let's just open the floor for overall thoughts on the episode. Let's try not to talk too much about the series overall here. Let's just stick to the episodes themselves because we'll most likely do the series overall at the very end. So who's up? I'll go. And I was absolutely speechless. I mean, it was insane roller coaster ride of seven. And then, you know, the conclusion of eight, you know, it's the, the season finale. Personally, I didn't know it was the series finale. But the way that it wrapped up, it was perfect. And I loved it. And I can't wait to rewatch it with the knowledge that I have now. I just finished this. So <laughs> I, I guess I don't have the the benefit of letting it maybe soak and digest. I I don't want to say I don't want to use the word disappointed because it's I don't think it's the right word to use. But I, I guess I just don't know how I feel. I mean, yeah, I'm sad. I mean, I also, I just watched the episode and I just found out that it's the last episode ever. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't feel satisfying. Trust I'll say me, I was the I'm same not way. Disappointed, like, I'm not satisfied. I said the same thing in the intro. I was, you know, at first I was like, a, I would say a little disappointed at first. But again, I think even reading the manga helped a little bit too with a lot of the the closure and everything. But I was disappointed, honestly, too. I didn't felt I didn't feel like totally satisfied. But again, I now that I've sat on it, I can reflect and think that honestly that was an amazing ending, and I'm I think they couldn't have done it honestly any better. I personally was I'm not disappointed. I feel like it was a satisfying ending. It was an ending and an explanation that none of us guessed. Mm. And I thought that was really like pleasant. I am just happy that it, I thought it wrapped up very well. Like, let's put it this way. I don't think that the final episode was like the best episode, final episode of television I've ever watched, but I thought that the ending to it was very high quality. 
I, I, I thought it was good quality. So I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Glad to hear that. I like the fact that we can bring these different opinions on the podcast. Maybe we can sway one Kyle to our side a little bit, or maybe Kyle can sway us back to his side a little bit. And so I think that this will make for good podcast content, but we're going to cover episode seven and eight, like I said, but for episode seven, we're going to just cover the main scenes in order to kind of make this a little bit shorter, even though it won't be a short podcast recording at all. But in order to get us kicked off in episode seven, we're just going to cover the the major scenes that happen. And the first one being is the showdown between Shishia, Arisu, and Naragi, who uh, I guess t- to start the discussion, I loved the interaction at sh- with Shishia and Arisu in the very beginning. And when Shishia is like, all right, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anyone before. I'm like, all right, let's get into it. And then Naragi shows up and fucks his day up. I literally was sitting there. I was like that. I'm so fucking pissed right now. Like Naragi has already been an awful character. And then he comes out of nowhere and shoots our fucking boy. I I was not having it. I was not having it. I was shocked. It was great content. It was great drama. But I was like, this guy Naragi needs to get his fucking. He needs to die. He just needs to fucking. We were watching it. We were watching it. I was like, Dave, he's, he's fucking done. He's dead. (laughs) And we were like, like jaw drop in disbelief. I mean, but uh, it was like. Yeah, I I don't get Naragi. I don't I don't understand why he got this much attention late in the game. I guess you as a manga reader, Dave, may be able to answer that. I guess that's probably how it was written. Because otherwise, was. I don't I don't know why he would be there. It doesn't make any sense. Like there are other crazy characters that could have been there fucking shit up to the end. I don't know why it had to be him, but either way. And to skip to the very end, unfortunately, like the fact that he even ex- denies the citizenship also. Just, I, I was shocked at that. I just, he fit the Banda and Yaba persona way more, and yet he still chose to deny. So I agree. I feel like his char- his his specific character arc for me was probably the least satisfying. I just, I, I don't know. I just think Naragi was a douche. I, maybe, it. maybe it's maybe it's like regretful. You know, like I regret acting like a total ass. Maybe for however long I've been in Borderland. I mean, he definitely had the worst story arc of anyone. I think I don't, you know, and again, I guess this is jumping ahead. I don't think that it's implied that he wasn't like this in the real world. Like I think he was bullied in the real world or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know, I guess whatever. Either way, I don't, I don't like it is all I'm saying. I don't like him. Dude, the problem with it is like he was already a villain twice before, and they already overcame him twice before. And it's like, so why is he still around? Like, it's so frustrating that he's still an issue when he has no reason to be an issue. And like, it's just frustrating, like, not killing him or at least like getting rid of him before is just, yeah. I get how it's supposed to be the noble thing to do, but it's just literally look what happened. It just like came back. Yeah, and he had to he had to shoot down like our favorite character, which is even it's like the icing on the cake. Yeah, and he the entire season was I don't have much time left. I don't have much time left. I don't have much, yeah. much time left. And then gets to the end, gets shot, like blown off of a car, and then is still someone who hangs around until the end and is alive at the end, which was just felt crazy because it was like why even like I guess it maybe shows us like a reason, like a motivation for him to keep being crazy because he's like i'm gonna die but then him not actually dying and then he now realizes i guess that he shouldn't be crazy is is what i get out of it but i would agree with all three of you and that he was just yeah he was just a bad character yeah i just 
I didn't enjoy how they closed his his arc, but who cares? He was just a whatever character at the end of the day. I think everyone else carries it, but um, Naragi yeah. during the showdown, uh, or sorry, Usagi during the showdown shows up. Of course, that kind of triggers Naragi to just go crazy again, and he is about to shoot her when Chisia steps in the way, and this is when I was like, I can't, like, it already hurt the first bullet, and then the second bullet comes, and I'm like, I can't believe what I'm fucking watching right now. Like, there's no fucking way this guy is about to die from this this fucking douche, but he makes a valiant sacrifice to save Usagi, and the Chisia respect is just through the fucking roof, man. And I'll slide this in here too, um, just so it's not all at the end, but in the manga, Chisia is actually like way more of a douche. Like he's a doctor and everything, but his pa- like he's not a, a pediatric um, heart surgeon or whatever mm-hmm. it is. He just, it's his one client that he had spoken to in his flashback in the manga was an adult. Like, I think it was an older man who wants him to like deliver a letter to his son, just kind of like apologizing for a bunch of stuff and just all this stuff. And she see it like reads the letter, throws it in the trash, like complete <laughs> asshole. Like he's like, my father was a dick. So I'm not going to have like, let you have the the pleasure of like having a redemption arc. And so okay. I like his character way more in the anime than I did in the manga. Like they were mm-hmm. very similar, like very genius characters. Obviously they completed a lot of the games and everything, but she see his character in the anime was way more well done. And I just got to give my hat off to him as always, you know, he's, just, he's our fucking boy. <laughs> I think that one of the things that pissed me off the most was that we had just got done talking and Paul had that, what I thought was great, that Chisia had more plot armor than Arisu did. And then he just takes two quick bullets in this episode, like literally right. I watched it right after we finished recording five and six. And I was like, fuck. That's funny. It seems like probably on the in the first season, in the first season, Chisia was definitely kind of douchey, maybe not as douchey as in the manga, but probably the reception of him by the audience, like the writers realized that he was a really loved character. They might have wrote him to be a little bit more noble than he was mm-hmm. in the manga, just just for like fan service wise, at least just live action watchers only. That's funny. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect you to tell me that he was um, he was, that was like probably- that in the manga. It's interesting. That's one of the like biggest differences I would say from the manga and anime. Otherwise, overall, both were like pretty parallel. There are some extra characters in the manga that the King of Spades is actually complete, like the uh, or at least the how he goes out is completely different than in, in the manga than it is in the anime. But before we get to that, I just really want to quickly say that Naragi does have a, actually a pretty cool quote at the very end where he's uh where he says, you know, if there were seven billion of me, Arisu, you would be the one that would be the villain, or you know, maybe not the you would be the one out of place here. So I kind of, that did hit a little bit for me, even though Naragi, we've had all this hate for him. I did kind of appreciate that quote. It does make sense, you know, and this world kind of was that for Naragi, you know, like he was probably the majority in this world. And I just thought that was a good one. He definitely had a lot of internal struggle. It's just like with, with Yaba and Banda or whatever, they had at least an evil goal. Where it's like Naragi, like, what are you trying to accomplish? You like, you just a thorn in everyone's side for no reason. You're a whiny bitch. He keeps he's and saying he's evil and keeps doing evil stuff, and it's like, dude, nobody's making like, you for evil. what? You're just convincing like, yourself what? to do this shit, and it's exactly. frustrating because Jacia, after surviving all these games, that's how like his story line, at least in Borderland, like ends. Like, just I don't know. It's very frustrating in my mind. But to Kyle, the point about. Aruso would die before Shishia. Um, we all know the ending, so we all know what happens. I'm going to say Arisu went into cardiac arrest yeah. before Shishia. 
went to cardiac arrest. Therefore, he died technically first. So okay. it's still good. We're still that's, good. Okay, that's my headcanon as well then. He's closer <laughs> to the epicenter of the asteroid explosion than just you. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so then we, we, you were right. You were right, and I was right You're to good. jump on the bandwagon behind you. I was going to say, after the chaos and all this is when like Ace of Spades pulls up, right? The Ace of Spades, the King of Spades, but yes. Um, let's just go. I'll just open discussion this King of Spades battle because this was... I legitimately could have thrown up. I was so sick to my stomach watching the events of the King of Spades just fuck up our squad. I was sick. I was, Alki was with me. I was just sitting there screaming, like, what am I watching? What am I watching? Luke was upstairs. You know, he couldn't watch with us because he was a little behind. But the next day he came down and he was like, dude, all I could hear you saying was like, what am I watching? <laughs> I was, I was mind blown. I couldn't believe it. So I want to hear what you guys were feeling in that moment as well with the King of Spades showing up. I mean, obviously, if, if we're talking about the entire sequence of episode seven here at this point, I, I was when it's to a point where they're all pretty much dead at the end. Like, I, I was pissed because in my mind, it was either like two options of that. This is like terrible writing where like they're actually going to kill all of them right now. And I feel like doing all of it at once almost like lessens the blow of each of them individually. And it's like mm -hmm. too much at once. Where like it kind of makes it feel like everything's not worth it, but then in the other it was either that or it was going to be that they were in some type of like simulation where like it wasn't actually real that they were dead. Mm. So it was like I, I definitely was pissed after I watched episode yeah. seven, and like it was like it's a simulation, it's a simulation, it's a simulation the whole time. I, just, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, they're 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 so one of the worst parts about this show is the way that they deal with like people being injured. Mm -hmm. and like how it impacts them and i it was like this episode was almost like the the like, peak of that all, yeah, all of that problem that issue encapsulated in one episode absolutely furious watching this because they're so inconsistent exactly what you said with what is like a fatal injury like as soon as that car comes in and takes out the king of spades and crashes into another car and there's a huge explosion I'm like, all right, cool. They did it. And he comes out completely fine. Not one scratch. One thing I'll and say to he, that is his cape is flame retardant. Uh, like in the manga, it's a little bit more depicted that yeah. like he's suited up in armor and like his his cape kind of shielded from the explosion. Yeah. So. I understand you're defending it, Dave, because it's very close. But oh, the, no, how just... fast that car was going, like it doesn't matter. Like if you're wearing armor, you're going to get squished. Yeah, it's an anime. That's all I'm going to say. It's a manga. And then he gets I taken mean, out with on, punches. Man. He gets punches to from Agony's face is basically what starts the trend to take him down. And it's just like. All I'm gonna say know. is, all I'm gonna say is, if this was animated, I think you guys would have different thoughts about that. Well, yeah, but it's all, not. But it's not. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's like supposed to be kind of ex like an anime, I guess. Is how I'm. I don't know. I mean, we we just spoke True. last episode about like what like what the actual things happening behind the scenes are going to be, and we all agreed that like it it has to be something like with like reasonable, you know what I mean? Like within reason, like they've showed us that there's like kind of logic to everything, except for this one part of it is that like they tend to throw logic out the window completely when it comes to how injured people are. I agree. Cause I, I mean, like, cause at the end of the day, like they are humans with bullets and like swords and stuff. And like, that's, it doesn't get anything more like insane 
than that, like powers and, and whatever. And I don't know. I, it definitely didn't come off that like he has a flame retardant cloak that he can like tank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, just car giving that some manga knowledge. Yeah, car yeah. crashes and explosions. It just did that was like, okay. I was expecting him to be cyborg, actually, but that's not even what I want to talk about. I mean, Kyle, on the opposite of your point, how you were saying you're upset that they were like all close to dead in this moment. I was like really upset that they were showing them alive. Like, how were they surviving? Like, Karina got stabbed four times or whatever in the gut, you know, Annie was shot in the chest. Um, the one-legged girl, Akane, right? She should have been completely she have been dead. You know, off I mean, the like face that's, of the earth. that's what that's when I was. I was like getting a little pissed with that. I'm like, okay, these people should be abs- They should have been dead the moment these events happened to them. They should not yeah. be still breathing. But until, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but until the ending itself, that's when I was like, finally, okay, it's fine. I guess it's anime. Yeah. I kept reminding myself that. It's like manga and, and like logic and physics don't make sense in a lot of those worlds. But I was pissed that they weren't dead. Like, why was Shishia even alive? Like, he should have been bled out. The, you know the what main, I'm saying? I was, the one thing I was telling Aoki too while we were watching is like, of all the people that should have died, it should not have been Anne. Like, two bullets versus being stabbed like 50 times in the gut like Kuina was. Usagi just getting shanked in her kneecaps like... Honestly, yeah. Anne of all of them should have been the, and Akane obviously getting completely mowed down front line just from the machine gun. Like, yeah, how is Anne the one to die? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that was, that was wild. The the whole agony thing is so convenient that like they yeah. only show us the camera angle where like he gets shot in the head and it's literally slumps over and they show us the blood pulling out of his head and then it comes out he actually got you know grazed, grazed. in the side of his temple and lost some of his ear. Yeah, that was a little corny. I'll admit that was corny. Yeah. So I I think the whole fight was really entertaining. That was like really it was a really good fight. For sure. It was fun Um, to watch, but it was still like when you like come down off of the high of like or whatever the adrenaline rush, it's kind of like, okay, that was that was a tad ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, if this helps with that feeling at all, is in the manga, none of that happens at all. Like, it's actually <laughs> the ones who take down uh, uh, the King of Spades are actually Agane, Akane, and this. there's a kid. There's actually a, a separate, like, almost main oh, wow. character that's in the books. And those three actually are the ones that take down the King of Spades. In the very end, actually, like, Anne, Kuina, um, like all the characters, they're kind of like they're okay. Like none of them were mortally wounded, like they were in the in the in the show. So I don't know. You can take that if that helps you with like kind of being like, okay, the showrunners kind of do something. They tried to do something a little different. It maybe worked in their favor, maybe didn't, depending on how you view it. But it was definitely way different in in the the mangas. Like it wasn't even close to being this absurd. I um okay. I'm actually yeah. kind of pissed. You told me that there's this whole other character. That's interesting. <laughs> He's not like a main like, character, but like he like has his he, own journey. It sounds like kind of like it. Definitely, the manga of more focuses definitely on like the in, like obviously was definitely the main character, but it definitely focuses more on individual journeys rather than like just Arisu and Usagi kind of. So it's a little it's a little weird. And again, if that helps you process the that scene, then good for you. But if not, like I totally get it. Um. It also felt weird because, like, while this is, entire thing is going on, Arisu is supposed to be, like, gassing up the building to draw him in there. And the whole time, I'm like, why do you guys keep, like, bum-rushing him? Why don't you just try to, like, distract him? Yeah, or, like, they're try stopping to at least him. him. 
from going like following i don't get it dude like i just didn't understand like they're so logical all the time that's how they got through these games they use logic to break down the surroundings and and what happens and it just felt like in this king of the spades all that just went out the window and maybe that's the point but i don't know i'm gonna always as always i'm gonna play devil's advocate maybe their mindset was like you know they did manage to get him pretty close to the store like they needed more time maybe and I'm just kind of thinking like if they they were probably thinking, you know, it's four on one. Let's try and just fucking do it here before we even need to sacrifice agony. Like, I'm again, just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying that I agree with you guys. Like, I think this was all still very ridiculous, but just playing devil's advocate there. I was going to say, if we're talking about the inconsistencies, I have no idea how Arisu rigged the spray cans to just continuously spray like how do you do that <laughs> dude I was, how do you do when, that when we were watching with uh me and alki i was just like thinking like he's we see him at first just spraying it i'm like there is no way that him just like siphoning cans just one by one is gonna do anything but then yeah they he somehow sets them so they're just auto turned on i guess but and maybe he I stabbed will, it <laughs> i will say I, I seem to be a little bit negative sounding in the review but honestly this is really just me reflecting in the moment i absolutely loved it i'm like this is so intense this is back to back um and this is my reaction is more me me reflecting on it knowing the ending yeah so it's a little frustrating though when you're watching and logic goes out the window it just feels yeah like it feels so it's it's almost like not i don't want to say it's so obvious but it feels like how could it not be like noticed that like they have scenes where it's agony like can't hit the broad side of a barn almost and like they're all just like fucking fucking up while they're fighting this guy and then the pivotal moment is agony like diving and like turning around with like one final bullet and like actually hitting like the little can that's flying in the air and it's like he's like throw it yeah it's it's badass and like it looked cool and like i loved i really loved the ending where agony ends up killing the king of spades like that moment was great that was probably the highlight of the episode for me but it just feels like it's like come on like it's, if you made that, that shot that five minutes ago we wouldn't have yeah. this problem yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right especially in that final like when like uh the king of spades hits that pose and like shoots him and agony like clearly misses yeah. like that was tough but that was, was cool yeah it was cool but like again you're right like you had the chance there as well but of course you're going to do it here. Yeah, that was cool. That like made sense that like his instinct, the, the King of Spades was like, he's going to duck down. Mm. Like I'm going to shoot and like, I'm going to duck down and shoot. Cause he's obviously going to aim for my head. Mm-hmm. And that was like made sense to me, but like, also, he also drops his bulletproof vest before he goes into the little I, I think that was a, I think that was a sign of respect for them. Like these are going to be my okay. toughest challenges. Like I'll give them an opportunity to beat me, I guess that's how I took it. But yeah, I, I don't know. know. It was just, it, it was just weird. It just weird looking back. It was well choreographed. They're really good, and I think a lot of them. I want to say all of them do their own stunts, from what I've like seen and read. So they're all fantastic at doing it. It's just some of the logic behind a lot of the things that happened just felt like it fell flat for me. Yeah, let's go into the uh, what Kyle was saying was his favorite scene of the episode where. Agony makes his way over to deal the final blow on the King of Spades. We get a little bit of backstory here with the King of Spades. We do see that he was obviously a mercenary in, in some whatever war it was. Um, and it's kind of a parallel to what he was experiencing back then in the war. Um, I guess he had to kill one of his comrades who was clearly on death's row. And the com- his comrade just wanted him to put him out of his misery, which kind of ties into why he's the King of Spades and how why he was doing the games as he was. To himself, the King of Spades, he 
saw himself as this is the only way to save these people is by just giving them quick deaths by like shooting them. And so I do, and he does apologize to Agni in the very end. He says, I'm sorry. And Agni replies that I'd never held it against you, which I definitely would have. I personally would have been like, you're a fucking douche. I don't care if you were trying to save us. And like, in what way that it was the only way that he knew how to save them essentially. And um, I would have never held it against him, but that's how I like him as the mercenary. He was like, this is the only way I know how to save people is just like, well, the only thing I know how to do is murder. <laughs> and so if I'm going to murder people, it, it's going to be for in here in borderland, it's going to be to save you because you don't have to keep participating in games. I took that. That's fine. And, and I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you just said. I took it that like he was having like the same hallucinations that Agony was having. Where like he saw Agony as his friend, the same way that Agony had seen Akane as Hatter in episode fuck five, maybe four. Maybe like, yells at her to like get away or whatever, and she's like, and then it like changes scenes, and it's her standing there instead of Hatter, and she's like, like confused. That's how I took it when he like apologizes when he's saying to because he thinks he's seeing his comrade that he killed, and he says, "I'm sorry," and then Agony knows that he's having that similar experience, and he's like, "I never held it against you." But I think, yeah, I guess I don't know which one is more correct. I, I didn't even consider it could be, it could your be both. line I like of thinking, that. Dave. Yeah, I didn't even consider your line of thinking either. I yeah, think, honestly, funny. it's it's nice. Like, what you're saying is accurate, too, because he definitely was, you know, bleeding out. He was definitely hallucinating. We had the flashback. So it definitely could have been him just apologizing to his comrade, which yeah. is interesting. And I'm, I'm okay with either. I think I'm okay mm-hmm. with either. I just think it gave oh, yeah. it gave the King of Spades more depth, and I do appreciate that. Even if like it was like a it wasn't even that like long of a flashback, but it still gave me enough to think that okay, the King of Spades was definitely a very cool character. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I'll say that he was just like a new character, mm-hmm. not the end of the world whatsoever. He was really cool. I loved his character design. He looked like an absolute badass. I think it might be a theme of. Maybe why I'm feeling not completely satisfied about the series ending is because of expectations that I had and conversations that we've all had of what we think is coming. And then you start to kind of believe and, you know, you sniff your own farts and you think you're kind of on the right track of things and it goes completely left. And you're like, okay, this is not good because it's not what I expected. But I don't think that that's actually true in most cases. When he unmasked himself and I saw the bald head. I was like, last boss. There he is. Here. <laughs> I swear to God. I that would be great. God. That would have been actually he- sweet. There's going to be two <laughs> scenes, I guess, I want to cover before we head to episode eight. And the, the first one being that Agony is about to kill himself when the Hatter shows up for one last final time. But this time, he admits that it was his fault that Agony became what he is, making him do things he didn't want to do. I just thought this was just amazing closure for our boy. Um, the Hatter walks off into the distance as the blimp of, of the blimp for the King of Spades goes down. And Agony, top three character for me, at least, at the very least. Like him, Shashir definitely run the top two for me. It was great to see Hatter as much as we did this season. I wasn't yeah, anticipating sure. seeing him so much. And I was just happy every time he was on the screen. So like you said, it was nice to, to get another little scene with him. Dave, was he in... Um hallucinations in the manga yes he was he was there and it was the same thing like he was haunting him for the first half and then when he get when agony gets his redemption for the king of spades that's when hatter says you know this is all my fault i apologize go live your life kind of thing so that's pretty cool i i I like that that was actually a part of the story and i'm telling you the manga is very for a lot of it except for maybe right about here with the king of spades things get a little bit different but overall the like 
you know, connections and battles for the most part, they were all very similar. Cool. So lastly, we get here, we get Arisu making his way to Usagi, who's also on just death's door after being shanked like 10 times in each kneecap. Um, they make their way to the Queen of Hearts game, which to no, to no one's surprise was Mira. And they enter this beautiful setup, and the name of the game is Croquet. And that completes episode seven. I think we did a pretty good job, guys, for not uh, going too in-depth with that and just getting some good content. But um, Yeah, I went we, to bed angry. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm I'm sure you did because yeah, I, I looked at Alki and I was like, I'm not, I can't wait. Like I have to be up in the morning, but like I just we need to see this now. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't watch eight right away, which I guess is fairly obvious. I, I just was like, what the fuck? And but then I was we not supremely confident, but I was feeling very confident that it was going to be something where they didn't actually die. You know, like in some way what happened didn't actually happen and they would come yeah. back. Because it just felt like, like I, I imagine if that wasn't actually what happened. Like imagine if they was really real that they all died right there, and it just would have felt like that's like too much at once. And I don't want to be like a baby where it's like you killed all my favorite characters, but like I think from a story perspective, it's like too. It much. made. I'm I'm with you because that entire fight, nobody died until it was back to back to back to back, all within like the same like ninety seconds. Yeah, and it's like I don't know where did that come from. Like you had so all like you were saying, Agony couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. The fucking King of Spades couldn't hit a broadside of barn for some of these shots that where they were just running in the open, and then all of a sudden he like knocks them out all perfectly. So uh, I agree that if it felt like by taking out all of them, it was definitely crazy shock value. But again, it almost left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, but it's, that's cheap shock value, too cheap for how much we've been through with these characters, I would say. Yeah. And um, just to go back real quick, at the end of the 5-6 episode review from us, I asked you guys, I was like, so what do you think? Like, Do you think the end of the season we're going to be done the face card games or, uh, or move on to the next stage? And Dave, I remember you were like, no, no, there's no way. So, no and of way. course, the first thing we get at the beginning of episode seven is just like a crazy montage of all these blimps <laughs> and face guards going down. So, obviously, we knew there's two left, and then they take the king of spades out. So, I know right now we're going into the finale. My mindset was like, this is probably it. Like, this has got to yeah. be it. This has got to be the resolution, right? So, I had no idea going from one episode to I, this could be like four season show to. I have one episode left to wrap everything up. I was like, how the fuck is this going to go? Alki yeah. was saying that. And I was just like, no, you're, there's another season. Definitely. And Alki was right. <laughs> it's funny. You say that too, Paul, because last episode that we recorded, I was like, I wonder how far in the manga we are. Like, I wonder how deep in the manga was the beach. And it turns out the beach, according to Dave was like around uh, chapter 30 and there's 64 total chapters. So that's literally in the middle, and that's entire season one is like finishes after the beach goes down. So mm -hmm. I like we we should have known, I suppose. I, I you know you said Dave that it was never implied that it was like the finale to the whole series. I wonder if they like said anything or or you know the writers or the creators of the show. Like I, I just once I saw the montage, Paul, like you mentioned, I knew I was like, okay, this is like Endgame. Like it's gonna fucking end, like right now. And I, and I, I got excited. I personally, I, I, I am a cool with that. Like two season show, 
it's it's unique and it's a little bit rare and if you do it right it's really fun because it's like you don't get diluted with all with a lot of bullshit and sometimes shows can take a nosedive if they go too long in my opinion so i thought it was fine yeah i I, for me i wasn't thinking that it was going to be the series finale i was shocked that we had cleared all of the games and we were going to get down to the end but there had always been the question of like the citizens and how they become citizens and whether this is the first time that the face card games have ever actually happened. So like, I was thinking that there's a possibility that like this is just like one of many face card things where like, we'll get to like the ending of the truth at the end. And then we'll like, the truth will be something that we also have to like fight against to give us a third final season where like we actually take down the actual truth of what's going on. But obviously there's no like malicious truth behind anything that actually mm-hmm. happened yeah we were hoping for that definitely i remember we said too i was like i don't think we're gonna get these answers and and we didn't you know it's just it's like i think the unfor- ending make the ending was good like it concluded things where it's like we don't really like the answer the, the tons of questions that we had i guess they were all answered by knowing what the ending was well they're answered in the sense that there is no answer i get yeah well, we'll get well let's get to it let's get to it so um, we start off episode eight with um, just the rules of croquet, which seem to be a little bit more lackadaisical, lackadaisical since all Odyssey really needs to do is just finish three rounds of croquet. He doesn't necessarily need to win or lose. They just can't surrender. And so right off the bat, Odyssey and Mira uh, just complete the first two rounds when she invites um, both of them to tea, since it's kind of a tradition for croquet, I guess, um, to have a, a tea time. Um, and as usual, Odyssey is pressing for the questions of what happens after what is the what am i doing here what is the ultimate goal like i had two fr- two of my best friends just died without knowing the answer so i really want to know we really see his resolve here to find out what he had to sacrifice um mira says she can't tell him but arisu says kind of counter saying she probably just has no idea and then she kind of seemed to get a little offended by that and she was like no i know exactly what's going on and so this is where things just get completely so fucking wild because every one of these scenarios that she had presented is a theory that we had come up with in the past. Like even last episode, Kyle was like aliens and like she goes, but so we'll just go into it really quickly. Like the first scenario she offers is that there are a thousand years in the future where technology has advanced so much that things like diseases, weather, and even death could essentially be controlled. And people were now pretty much immortal. And the only way people could stay stimulated in uh, in their lifetimes was through the use of dopamine injections, but they had created the simulation where people could feel what it was like to have, you know, fear and be on death's door and just know what that was like. Um, and just pushing these people to their limits using games that created death, just recreated the, the feelings of death and fear. And again, this was, I think, a season one theory that we had when Chota was back there, back then talking about like, you know, oh, like virtual reality. And then we had like the whole, um, what was her name? Like her company was the VR situation. So we were all like, oh, you know, like this has got to be a simulation. We were talking about it earlier. Like all the yeah. characters were getting shot up and we're like, it's got to be a simulation. And so I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, like this is, this is truth. This is a hundred, like the first scenario she presents, I'm like, this is definitely what's going on. It was crazy. Cause she was talking about like nanotechnology and like, again, like people could control the weather. I was like, dude, this is freaking wild and then she hits us with just kidding and i was like yeah fuck off bitch i i believed it and i was i was honestly i felt like a little disappointed and then i was like okay here's another like it's all just a simulation let's get to the actual truth of things type of deal Mm -hmm. but me too yeah and i'm kind of glad and but looking now that we've had like we obviously know everything that happened i love the idea of her 
like continually fucking with them and being oh, yeah. such like so convincing in the bullshit that like it, it was good. It, it was a good little like last bit almost you guys you could say for for Mira. So I was I down. I like the exp- I like the explanation too. I mean, that just seems like a really cool idea and a cool concept. And I, I kind of would have been down for it. But, I, I mean, I, I think knowing now what the actual ending was, I would prefer it to have been the simulation. And that feels like more really? of like, a, like yeah, well, just in the that, that gives us the season three. I would oh, say okay. where like maybe we go to like the actual world that they're in and we have more Bus time world. to do things. Yeah. Well, but then know- that, that creates the other scenario of like uh, if you followed um I guess what I know we never did we never did our our Westworld finale one but no, we, we talked didn't. about it so much off podcast of like Westworld had the magic of the park and then once you leave the park you open yourself up to like okay how do we keep this magic going that definitely could have been something that happened with the show if that was the actual route that they went you know it's I kept reminding myself that it's a hearts game which is like a emotional game so the real game obviously I think you guys know this it's not the croquet it's this conversation that she has with Arisu and Usagi. I think this was the whole, this was the aim because we haven't got into her other um, theories or whatever her explanations to what's going on, but she essentially wanted Arisu to like quit. And I think that was how you win or lose the game, not with the croquet at all. And, yeah. I, and you know, that's, that, that was cool, I guess. Was there drugs in the tea? Like, is that yes. what was happening? Yes, in the manga, it is way more obvious that Arisu sips the tea, and like it is clearly admitted at the end of this scene in the manga that like it, she drugged him. But mm-hmm. the whole time, especially when she when Arisu is transported to the hospital, it's like, what am I like? I didn't see him sip the tea, but like it was a, a drug Paul in the tea that I, I don't even rewatching. I can't even remember if we actually even see him sip it, which made me that, more confused. I, I don't think you do, which is the worst part because yeah. I was waiting. I was like, is he going to drink it? Is he going to drink it? And I don't think they do. So yeah. it's like, okay, how does this like drug happen? Um, so I don't know. It was a little, I, that's what I assumed because if she just was able to basically like hypnotize him into crawling on the floor and the flat, like flashing back into all that crazy stuff, I'd be like, that's crazy. I just don't see how that's, possible (laughs) really quickly uh for the manga again when you get introduced to a character you actually are introduced like so you get the classic like you get the the character portrait and then you get a little bubble beneath their name and it says their name and that they're and actually what their occupation was in the real world and their specialty game so for instance for like adisu it said like adisu um no occupation and then his specialty was like diamond games or something like that um so like for mira when she gets introduced she's actually introduced it says mira hypnotherapist uh, specialty uh, hearts games. Mm. Um, That's so, cool. Yeah, so but it kind of it, it kind of ruins a little bit some at some points though. Like with cer- certain characters, like that gives away too much information for me. Like the, to the point where I like kind of make these predictions. Well, at least when I was reading, like even though it was very similar, like it, it kind of gave away too much. I think, but um, I just want to cover the second theory because I think it's just again another really cool one and funny one because we had mentioned the idea, but. Um, she says the real truth is aliens. They came down and wiped out all of the mem- all of humans' memories, so they can conduct behavioral experiments on them. But rumors had started circulating within the game that the world had been completely wiped out by the aliens. There was a nuclear apocalypse, um, and that the world's wealthy were stored underground in underground bunkers, and that they had survived. They would eventually develop androids with artificial memories and compete in the games on the surface, while the wealthy underneath underground place bets on them. And 
I just wanted to bring this up because I had actually kind of theorized that I think two podcast episodes ago where I was like, you know, we've never seen Adisu as a child. Like maybe they're all just getting pulled from a simulation into this game just for people's entertainment. So when she was saying this, I was like, like, I knew this wasn't real because of the first just kidding, but it's just fun. I just was laughing because I was like, we had literally theorized everything in one of these. And like, this is just the mangaka kind of just like laughing at us. Like, like, this is what you guys thought. And I'm going to like put it in your face. Like, this is what's yeah. happening, but it's not actually what's happening. I mean, they did give us the scene of all the, the suits. We've been calling them suits, or whatever, when they're in that room on video. Yeah. And like, they're all betting on the game. So it wasn't like, I mean, I guess we never got an answer to what that was, but it wasn't I think that was just a possibility. Think- I, I, for me, yeah, I just think that's, that those, yeah, that's the point. Sorry. I just think that there's two options when you get t- transported to Borderlands. You either become on the side of the dealers or you're on the sides of the players. Either way, you're gonna you have a high probability of dying. And the way for the the dealers or the suits to like kind of make the best of their situation is by just placing bets on people. Like you know, like we see Adisu and all of them have like nice moments. So. Why can't for the, the the dealers? Why can't their nice moment just be like kind of trying to make, even though it's fucked up, but like try to enjoy the positions that they're in, even though they're about to die. I, I mean, I, it, again, I don't know. Is, is Borderland not like purgatory though? That's what yeah, I. Yeah, but like is. those, but like they were all dead. Like those people are also dead. Like, like yeah, they were at like at one point when they're like quote unquote alive in Borderland. Like, are they not? Like, they also have a real body that's somewhat alive in the real world yeah that's what i'm saying like there's two options kind of like you're either on the side of the player you're on the side of the dealer but at the end of the day you're still in the same shitty situation of you could die at any moment i don't know just kind of throwing my two cents out there yeah Um, okay but then this is where things get really weird like we were talking about because we don't see audius ever drink the tea actually but the last suggest uh explanation mira suggests is that this has all been in audius's head the childish games, the teen wonder who could complete all of them with such ease. All of it was created in Odyssey's head. She tells him to remember the day that they were sent to Borderland and what really happened. And this definitely fucked me up because we get the flashback of them at that day where, you know, Chota points at the fireworks, like, oh, fireworks. And then literally not even a second later, Chota and Karube are just manslaughtered by this fucking vehicle coming in. And Odyssey was just left there looking at them just like completely fucked up. And so now from this explanation, he's essentially traumatized and has been hospitalized in um, in order to deal with this. And he's created all this in his head as an explanation for their deaths. And I was I, worried that this was actually the truth. Yes. I was the, whole, I, the, whole, the whole idea of Alice in Borderland where like, yeah, maybe he's been drugged up in a psychiatric hospital and like he's using his imagination like this to cope and create all these scenarios in his head felt kind of like an interesting take on like Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh God, I don't know how I'm feeling about this." But it ended up being it was it was those scenes and that idea was was really good for yeah. what they were actually getting into. I thought it was a cool concept, but I found him rolling around the ground and that whole deliberation very boring. I have to be yeah, honest. This, yeah, when he so yeah, Usagi like kind of or Adisu is almost about to take the pill. Usagi saves him, and then this definitely dragged on a little bit Uh, i wasn't it could have been it was like 10 or 15 minutes of them just like laying on the ground just hyping each other up or like usagi just hyping up adisu and i was like the shots of him laying on the ground and like teleporting to all the different games like that was really cool probably could have done without it again like the back and forth 
probably could have gone a sentence or two less with them being like, I want to climb a mountain with you. I want to, you know, it was, was just like, nice. okay, it was nice, but it just was like, come on. Like we have 20 minutes left in the episode. Like we know that Usagi, like now that we realize that this is all kind of an illusion, Usagi cuts her wrist to kind of make Arisu realize that she is real. She's doing this of her own volition. I just, it could have been sped up a little bit. It, it was a little corny, but Mira was clearly touched by the whole um, situation and it was game back on for Arisu who snapped himself out of the hallucination. Yeah. I'm curious what people thought about Mira kind of giving up after she saw that. I just don't understand what her, what her, like what her goal was like she I, she seemed like she thrived on the betrayal of like contestants and citizens so she was just like what touched that like somebody didn't give up finally like i don't i don't know i, I don't just, need to keep shitting on it i just don't understand like the the final logic of of, of what finally w- was the winning move that killed the boss you know you know yeah, I kind of agree with you, Paul. I'm also confused. Like, if you choose, and I guess this is jumping ahead a little bit, but if you choose to stay in and become a citizen, like, what does that mean? Obviously, this is purgatory or something. Like, Dude, are you in nothing a, matters? You- Literally, nothing matters. You can't. There's no reasoning. Is and that's one of the reasons I think I'm so upset. There, the whole show was a mystery, but there's no solving the mystery. The mystery is there is no mystery. Because it's yeah. all made up in the head. So you can't logic your way through it, which is so frustrating as a viewer because we're breaking it down every episode. Okay, with the information that they've given us, what's the possible outcome? And the truth is it was just like all over red herring. Like Anne hiking or in the mountains, like doing research on the plants and seeing their grown age. Like the video of the person saying, oh, the fireworks, like all of that being a red herring just is is frustrating as a viewer yeah i i personally don't have any issues with the purgatory thing i think it's fine because um in some ways it's fine that it leaves these questions unanswered because like at the end of the day it's purgatory just my thing is like all right the face card people they are citizens they chose to stay in citizens regardless regardless of what there's their actual situation is in the real world like whether in a coma or something like what are they like at this point after you become a citizen like do you become like what are you talking adult? about become a citizen this is all in Arisha's head so it's like there's no what do you mean like what what are they there was no before them being a citizen they were automatically a citizen in Arisha's head like immediately I don't think this was all in Arisha's head to be honest I don't know if you were were kidding when you said that, but I don't think this was all in Odyssey's head. Okay, I would love for it to be like there's some alien power in the asteroid that somehow connected all of them when they were unconscious or on death's door, and they all shared this experience together. I think they did, personally. Yeah, I, mean, I think that'd there's be some great. neurological connection. There was. I mean, the some. way the way Akane looks at Agony at the end. I mean, it's definitely open for interpretation. Come on, like, there's man. no there's hard abs- answer. There's not a single thing that they showed you that would make that. I mean, Paul, I like where your head's going, but like, there's no way that's actually what like happened. The only thing is no, because yeah, Usagi and Arisu are like, oh, like, do I know you? Do I recognize you? And like, maybe they actually did get to know each other. Like, is her name Usagi? Did he just guess it right? In his in his world that he made up, or like, yeah, I don't think have some type up. of. Do they have some kind of normal connection that like he knew the name and he made this world? Or like, it's well, it it's very like, frustrating. It seemed like Chishia and Naragi had like similar experience. 
Akane and Agony. Like Akane literally looks at the room and is staring at Agony. Someone walks out and she's like, did you know him? No, but like her expression on her face clearly told you otherwise yeah. that she maybe felt something. So I don't think this was all in Odyssey's head. And like to get into the mirror, like your frustrations with Mira, I'm not going to explain it too much because it, even I don't really fully understand it, but the manga does do a little bit more explanation of why Mira, she was just like kind of like, I guess to break it down at its basic level, like she was definitely fucked up in the head and she was kind of looking for something to prove her logic incorrect. And that was what she found with, like she always had just assumed people were just going to be the worst no matter what. Um, and then when she sees that Arisu and uh, Usagi, even on death's door, like getting close to just uh, ending it all, I guess she realizes that like, no matter what, like, even if I can't, I can't fuck with these people because they're just, it's the power of love. I mean, it's cheesy, but like, I mean, again, if you, the manga does it a little bit better for Mira. Is she like the Grim Reaper? Like, is she like That's, a manifestation no, of she's death? not. She's not. So we'll, let's get into, I'll explain it at the very end because it is that the, the hard ending is definitely very different. Um, so like I said, Arisu snaps himself out of the hallucination and Arisu and Mira complete their final round, um, to which now the games have all been completed and the system offers them a choice. I will say though, um, Mira does have a pretty nice quote here to kind of push Arisu into like, you know, wanting to live a little bit more. She does says, you know, Arisu, like life is a game, just enjoy it. And so that I think really hit home for Arisu, even though he was already kind of feeling that way anyway, but I think just hearing it from Mira, Definitely pushed him. But now that the games have all been cleared, the system asks them, you have a choice. It's either to accept or deny citizenship. Nothing else. You can either just accept it or deny it. All of our squad, um, including Naragi, for whatever reason, all accept. And the only two people that decide to, ex or sorry, they all deny it, while the only people that accept the citizenship are Banda and Yaba. And the way they say it is so badass when they're just like, well, fuck yeah, I'm going to accept it. Like, this is my domain now. My question is, does that like why saying like they're giving up and killing themselves in the real world, right? Like, yeah, they're just my, not. I think they just don't they, they don't want to return to their world. Like they're fine just being in this world. Like it's just okay, this is where I, I mean, I mean, like a, like um from the perspective of the real world and what actually happened is essentially like they all were in Shibuya mm -hmm. and they essentially are on death's door where like they need to fight to survive to actually get back to their world, which is living while they're all like they've all died for a minute and in that minute that they're dead they all went to borderland but like is that them essentially like giving up like they were probably maybe in a hospital bed somewhere in a coma and then they coded when they said like i accept citizenship no i think they're dead like they're everyone's dead so they're they're flatline they're done but they're just gonna like live quote unquote in so, purgatory i guess but, but like once Anne, laser Anne didn't even get the choice see like Anne didn't even get the choice she died in the quote unquote borderland before she could even get to the choice so therefore she died in the real world as soon as the asteroid hit we saw her walking around in the, she in the square alive. no she, she lives. lives though they save yeah. her in surgery which yeah. again oh, is odd because she totally died in borderland that's yeah. what yeah, I'm and she didn't answer the question so maybe it was the whole like uh queen is touching her i'm always here to play devil's advocate if you have to make these assumptions in which you're trying like be the devil's advocate it just it doesn't work unfortunately and like i don't know it's just it's maybe the way in my head the way they present it i already said it like season one season two this mystery and how they're trying to piece it together and then you just that the mystery is that it's made up completely. It's just, it's just frustrating in the end. This is what I was trying to ask. This is what I was trying to ask. Like when you become a citizen, 
are you are you still in a coma or are you dead? And Dave thinks you're dead. Fine. But like, I understand that it doesn't matter what happens. Like it, it doesn't matter because it's purgatory or whatever. But like, are you a Shinigami? Like, are you a, a reaper? Like Kyle asked, like, what role do you serve in purgatory? If you choose to be a citizen, like Mira, she was clearly the queen of hearts. Now we don't know if she's a Shinigami or whatever. Dave says, no, but like, it wasn't, we saw when the meteor hit, we saw the important crew all in the Shibuya, in the, in the, in the square together. We saw Usagi, Akane, we saw Chota in the truck. We saw the big three, Chota, Kaurabe, and Arasu. But we didn't see these other characters. Like, we didn't see any of the face car guys. Like, were they already in Purgatory? You know what yes. I'm saying? The blast, I, the blast for them, I think what happened was they were closer. Like, they might have been in the building where the meteor had hit. That's why, so there was maybe like bet- between the time the meteor actually hit and Arisu and them getting wiped out was maybe what, like five seconds, if that, that five seconds translate to like a shitload of time in Borderlands. So they've right. been there okay. fighting games. That's, I mean, that's just the best way I can think of it. Are, that's, are you sure? that's, that's what I'm saying. Are you sure we didn't see Mira and like number two walking around in the square in the flashback in real life? We did no, not see them. Okay. I love I, I just watched scene, that was cool. I really like that of like going back to the original episode and we get a different perspective on it. And there are all the characters that we meet are there. That idea in a vacuum was really entertaining. But yeah, I don't know. I just like this. Yeah, I get so the people that became citizens were people that went into comas or cardiac arrests like seconds before everyone else. And then they were in uh-huh. Borderland longer and then they played more games. But it also could be like chosen by no one because there's no actual hierarchy to do anything and they become citizens for some reason. And there's a computer system that recognizes them as the face cards. I don't know. I just think if you become citizen, you're not dead. You're still alive, but you're still in the limbo. Like, yeah, if because because like otherwise, the only time we've been explained actual death has been when you're killed or when you get lasered through and all the face cards were lasered through the face like so in my mind they're alive like fighting for their lives or whatever like they're in this limbo until they get beat like until Mm. chisia beat number two in the in the game that he played with the averages like he's still they're still on the same plane of of morality but they never will have the opportunity. If they accept that citizenship, they will never have the opportunity to go back to their real world. Because as we saw, like they can win all the games they want. They're just going to stay living here. So I guess for them, yeah, it's just they it's are going to be living. And so if they get lasered, like they're going to die no matter what. Like at, at the point you right. accept citizenship, you have already accepted death. And right. so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Now that we're talking about it, I, I'm getting. I was happy with everything, but I suppose there's just some stuff that doesn't really add up. I just think the games, like at the end of the day, like you're going to die. So the games are made to either give you the option of continuing on or dying. Maybe not give you the option, but if you're going to die either way, then the games are going to put your life on the line. And then if you want to accept that citizenship, then you can just continue fake living in this world and just never, I guess, actually die. But until you are lasered through the head. but. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess like, yeah, the games are a representation of like the struggle that they all went through in that, you know, however long that they were actually dead for to like actually fight to come back 
to live. This is speaking like Irish which is, Yeah, they obviously all come back to their real world and they live because with they were the same to... and they have the same injuries that they've experienced in the games. And like so to go off of like, but to like go the back injuries to the Paul... they got in the games were not they were the injuries that the blast gave them. And that's what I'm, I was right. going to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, it's also kind of also shows that it wasn't just in Odyssey's head. Like, did Odyssey just know that Akane had a lost her leg? Like, I just think that this kind of proves a little bit that they were all in purgatory. Yeah. They just would have no recollection of remembering it when they come back. But there's just like that yeah. little feeling in the back of their head. They're just like, maybe we've met somewhere. It's I guess it's the reverse of what we were experiencing of like how they got there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Where like yeah. they know kind of about their own lives a little bit. But they have no, I they have no recollection of like actually going to Borderland. So yeah, I like guess Odyssey, it's, it's not like I guess a carbon copy because they would remember being in Borderland. But I guess yeah, they when they come back alive, they don't remember anything about Borderland. But they know the lessons because she was like, "I'm going to change my life now." I'm not sure. And Odyssey does say when he wakes up, he's like, "It felt like I was just in a faraway land for like a long time too." So mm-hmm. like there was clear like. There was that image, I guess, of Borderland in his mind, too. Spiritually speaking, like spiritually speaking in terms of religion, and I'm not like an expert on religion, but purgatory is some place that everybody goes to. Like not like an individual doesn't have their own purgatory. So with that being said, it is possible that they connected in purgatory. Now, when they wake up, that doesn't mean they remember everything. But that doesn't take away the events that may or may not have happened in purgatory. Yeah, it seems to have impacted them. Exactly. Like Dave brought up with the Kane and Agony where she obviously doesn't know him, but there's some type of connection. She feels that she wheelchairs past him. Arisu and Usagi, they kind of instantly connect in some way and they think that they've met each other before. That all tracks. Even Kuina. Yeah. Even Kuina with her mother. Like that was a, a real life like relationship battle that they like needed to figure out. And she even like flashed back to it in borderland, but then flash forward to real life after the asteroid, like they did have a connection afterwards. So it's like, what's it, There's like no way Arisu could make all of this up in his head. Therefore, you know, there's gotta be yeah. something else going on for it all to make sense. But then I'm sorry, Kyle, did you have anything else before I kind of cut no. you off? No, 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 no. You're good. Um, So, so like just to, Look at it overall. I mean, obviously, it comes from Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland can be interpreted a million different ways, and I think that's basically what they were going for here. Like people say, she was literally just on drugs, tripping this whole time, and that's what she was doing. Some people think she like actually went there. So, I mean, if this is really in Arius's head, and he was put here to learn, or almost to be shown a reason to live, to yeah. to a to reason life. To, to deal with the survivor guilt and a reason to go on, even though you lost your friends. Like, I get it. Like, maybe if there was like a higher power that put him in there to teach him that lesson to go on to live the rest of his life, you know? Okay, that's um, I'm cool there. Cool. Yeah, and to kind of go <laughs> yeah. back, I guess, yeah, and to talk a little bit more about like the actual meteor that was the cause of them getting teleported rather like, so we find out that it wasn't just fireworks. It was the meteor itself. I thought that was honestly a really good twist because we do in the, the the video, the girl is about to say, she's like, like, why am I the only one that remembers this? Like they weren't fireworks. They, it was, it was supposed to be a meteor. And I I think that was, I think a really cool twist at the end of the day when like Adisu wakes up from the game and then he's just complete devastation in the, the city. Like I thought it was a really well done twist. And I, 
I can see why it was like, it felt a little disappointing because again, like we have all these open-ended questions, but I think at the end of the day, the fact that like, it's such a mind, like it really gets you to think a little bit, just kind of makes it, that's what makes it a really good show for me. Maybe I didn't process that at first when I was first watching it, but like these, the questions that we now are asking, it just kind of makes you question a little bit about like, you know, morality and life itself. And it was just a really good, just mind jogger. I think my issue with it was that what they were showing us with like everything deteriorating at a different pace, time not really matching up, it was supposed to show us that nothing really makes sense. But in my mind, I was trying to give us everything they gave us and make it make sense. Uh-huh. And that's where like the big, you know, collision finally happens in the end. So the vegetation is probably one of my biggest complaints overall about the show. Maybe besides Naragi, it's just like, what was the point of explaining all the vegetation? And also like, the, the elephants too. Yeah, I was gonna say. We're, so now, the like, elephants. Was the, yeah, was there a zoo in Tokyo, and now the like the, all the animals died, and now they got sent to purgatory too? Like those are like just the kind of questions that I'm still like, yeah, what is the point of the animals and the vegetation? I guess again, it doesn't matter, but I would have been it would have been nice to get a little bit more clarity on why the at least animals were there. That would have been good. Yeah, I mean, look, if it's actually purgatory, nobody's been to purgatory and come back. So like. That's that's why I suppose the writers can leave these questions unanswered because it's like it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. It's 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 weak. It's weak as somebody who watches and theorizes, and you know, we spit back and forth all these details and we question everything. Like it kind of is unfulfilling. But you know, if that's what it is, it's what it is, and like I don't hate it. Yeah. I agree. I, I, if anything, you know, like me and you said, Alki, like we, especially for me after sitting on it a little bit longer, I feel like I've come to enjoy it a lot more than I have just like I have than how I felt right after watching. Um, to me, I mean, to I'm, me, like the purgatory makes more sense than all this other bullshit we were theorizing. I mean, if you think about it, like, oh, yeah, what definitely. Could, you know, this technology, like the laser, like, are they in a bubble and this laser's just watching them, like all that stuff? It's unfortunate that it gets thrown out the window when purgatory gets brought into play, but it 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 washes over a lot of stuff at the same time. So it's like what it's it's however yeah. you want to take it. And I'm gonna take it that that's awful. That was the most okay. interesting part of the show was all of that stuff. And it's now the answer is that it none of it was real and it doesn't really matter a ton. Yeah, I get it. No, I mean it's valid. I mean it stinks. Yeah. I'm just going to be, and again, like I said earlier, it's definitely like I have become a victim of my own expectations here. Yeah. But that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I think if we do choose to do a recap on this, I think having that fifth opinion, Luke, would be very interesting just because it seems like we're split two and two. Me and Alki seem to have enjoyed it a little bit more, whereas you and Paul maybe have felt a little bit more maybe not fully disappointed, but just like a slight disappointment with not having everything answered. So I'd be interested to hear Luke and where he would fall on that spectrum. Luke's going to hate it. You think? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I so. think he's going to hate it. it. I didn't watch lost, but it feels from what I know about lost. It's somewhat similar to what lost did. And he really liked lost. So maybe, but also lost oh. was like a, like seven, six, I don't know. I'm pulling numbers out of my ass when I'm saying this season. It's a show. lot of seasons. Yep. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, and again, like I said, I just watched it. So yeah. maybe that plays a role in it. But I will say that I genuinely feel let down that 
a lot of the things that we've talked about and are like, oh, like, man, what's this going to be? It's just, it's nothing. It's fair. Absolutely yeah. fair. And I felt the same. I did for a brief period of time felt that way, but I've kind of turned around and I think even talking it through and maybe like after reflecting a little bit, after talking about it on the podcast and having more time to soak the actual ending, maybe you'll switch your mindset or maybe you'll just, you'll stay with it. But the final scene that we get shows a deck of cards on a table. They all get blown away. And the only one that remains is the Joker, which I will kind of, I guess, can make the manga comparison in a second here, but people are kind of theorizing that this world now is the Joker game. Like this isn't the real world, which I'm already just going to shut down. I'm just going to tell you in the manga, that's not how it is at all. But people are theorizing that if there is a season three, that this is now going to be the last, this is the last, last game. And it's going to be the Joker game. So I don't know how I, you guys feel about I that. I want that. Yeah. You would yeah. rather have that. A hundred percent. The asteroid isn't a real thing. This is part of like the queen's mind game. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with there actually. being another left turn because this turn destination was just not, it wasn't for me personally. I, 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 I did, I'm actually kind of sad, Dave, that you're telling me that was something that happened in the manga. Cause I thought that was the show creators leaving it open-ended for the possibility of a third season, like on their own. Well, it's, it's still very possible that a third season could come from it, but from where it at, is at in the manga, there is no more like, at least in this particular time, because I, uh, in this particular time, like this is over, like this is done, but like yeah. the showrunners could certainly like they change so much in the finale that there is a possibility that maybe they take it a step further and they're like, okay, this is just the Joker game and maybe we meet the overarching villain. So it's not off the table. It depends, I guess, on how well the numbers do potentially, I guess, but it's, it's a possibility. And so I don't know. I'm just, I, you, so Paul and Kyle are clearly on the team. Like we would like that Alki. How would you feel knowing that me and you are kind of on the same page? Like this ended pretty good in our minds so like would you want this to be a, another like game or do you think it's fine where it is i think it will be a little bit overkill but i would watch it yeah of course but it would probably be the final season if anything like if they did yeah. do it it would be season three and that's it i mean wait I guess, did they show yeah, no, Joker? but it's like sorry it's like if if there's like a like you said a villain like what would it even be like I mean, obviously, we couldn't, we didn't anticipate this ending, so it could be something that we couldn't even imagine. But I guess I'm just struggling to see what it would actually be. And in, yeah. in reality, would it actually be something that like would be satisfying? Maybe not. So I guess now's the perfect time for me to kind of go into the manga ending comparison. So in the manga, right as like Arisu and all them, they deny the citizenship. There's actually a figure like so picture Hunter x Hunter when Gon is transforming into older Gon, like not him actually being older Gon. You know how he's like that dark, mysterious, big, yeah, like creature looking thing. Something like that appears at the table and there's a Joker card on the table. And um, Arisu is having a conversation with this being and he's asking it like, um, or the, the, the creature is pretty much asking Arisu, like, who do you like, who do you, it's, I'm kind of butchering this a lot, but pretty much essentially he kind of asks Arisu, like, who do you think I am? Am I God or am I the devil? And Arisu's like, you know what? Honestly, I don't think you're either. I think you're just the ferryman kind of. So, um, pretty much Arisu presumably meets the Joker card, which is like the one who rules the domain, who is this like black figure, and to me, I guess I took it as like Greek mythology. Like he is just basically what's I think it's Sharon. Sharon is like the 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 ferryman for the River of Sticks. Sticks, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's I don't know who his he name, presumably. But... Yeah, he presumably meets that character at the very end. 
and they have like a really deep conversation and pretty much asking like it kind of just confirms that it was like a little bit more so than the show does that this was purgatory or at least uh, like an entryway into either death or redemption but there was also people thinking that you know because the meteorite had killed so many people at once that was not meant to be that either death or this joker card or whatever this figure was had decided to offer all these people a second chance because they were not meant to die in that moment it was just a a, a crazy coincidence the meteor struck and knocked out whatever it was like a million people and so this was like death's way of being like okay you unfairly died here's your uh, here's a way for you to get a second chance but that's really the main difference is that Adisu actually meets the figure that is yeah. running the show at the very end See, that at least makes it seem like there was a higher power intervening and it wasn't just all made up in the head yeah I agree 100%. That sounds better to me. Yeah. And I agree. And I think that, and maybe that's also why I feel so a little bit better about the show is because I have that knowledge. And I think you guys should, like, you don't have to, like, I didn't really, like, read, like, you know, page by page, word by word, but, like, anything that was new information, I would read and kind of, like, read through. But anything, like, it was, like, the tag game, I was like, okay, I don't need to read the tag game again. But, like, anything that was different, I wanted to get into. And, the other thing I actually want to bring up too is that we actually get flashbacks of not flashbacks, but Kiuma, Mira, the King of Spades, and uh Kizaru, the King of Diamonds, they were actually kind of they were boys, like not they had all met in the game, like they weren't friends in real life, but how it was, how it started was like Kiuma and the King of Spades were kind of doing exercises every morning in the same place. Coincidentally, Kizaru was also reading books nearby. And so, like, they kind of had their own routines, but eventually, because they had kept recognizing each other and they kept, you know, being surprised that they kept appearing at the same time, we actually get a, a in-depth look at the intertwining relationship of all four of those characters. And I think that brings a little bit more depth to each of them because it explains, you know, the reasoning of why Miro is going to choose to accept the citizenship. It explains why um, the King of Diamonds was, you know, so like conflicted on his feelings and the King of Spades, obviously it provided a little bit more depth into his personality and how he actually felt more human than he did in the show, I guess, but they were actually boys uh, in Borderlands. So not out, not in the real world, but when they got to Borderland, they became boys. And I think you guys reading that would also provide a little bit more insight on like why they were like they were. That's interesting. I guess I, I just again I'm still just hung up on a lot of things, and I, one again is like Mira knows. It seems like Mira knows that like she's this isn't the real world, and that she has a body that's in the quote unquote real world that's sick or whatever reason why she might have died, and then choosing to become a citizen. I, it's just odd. I don't know. I like like with Yaba and and Bunda. Like, are they now gonna become citizens and run their own games? Like, does it all? So that's do, like do other people like now they when they died, like do we do they also play games? Like is that the only form of Borderland or is there Borderlands that are everywhere, little pockets of of whatever you want to call them? Like like is there you know, an American Borderland? Is there like is that where people in America when they die go? Like I don't I don't know. There's a lot of things that just don't feel like they gave me an answer. That is like satisfying. Like, I don't. I, I'm going to say. Yeah. I, mean, I guess pose this question. Like, does anyone like? Would you guys rewatch the show? Yes, I would. Personally, I would. And I guess I kind of already did with re, re with reading a manga. But I would certainly like in 
another year or so just to like kind of confirm my feelings. Maybe I, I like the show a lot to the point that I'm willing to rewatch it. Like I think with the information I have now rewatching, it, I think will be better for me personally. Uh, even though I liked it, I'm probably, I'm a little bit in between. I don't, I don't think it would be something I'd rather dive back into like game of Thrones before I do that. The one thing I will say though, is that the manga, so Alice in Borderland did end as the manga, but there's actually a, a, a new uh, sequel series, I guess, where Adisu is still the main character and ends up um, back in Borderlands again. So I guess he does have another NDE <laughs> near death experience, which sucks because that to have two in one life, that's, that's horrible. But I, I haven't, I only read the first chapter, but I think it would be really cool to see like him go into Borderland and then he comes across like the King of Spades who happened, or maybe the King of Diamonds happens to be Banda. Like, I think that would be really cool if they were to do that in the sequel. And, but that's something I haven't really gotten to quite yet. I'm only a chapter or two into the, the sequel series that could maybe also bring them into doing a third season is maybe the sequel series in giving us more answers. So a lot of questions yeah. like, the show killed it, obviously. Like the first season, when the first season ended, um, it immediately got greenlit for season two. And then Alki and I, after we had finished um, the season two, we had kind of looked up the IMDb ratings and stuff, and they were actually pretty high. They were fairly good. So there does leave, I guess, a little bit of hope for a season three, but I wouldn't get your in, like full hopes up for it. I have a little bit of a gripe. I was excited for those characters to be introduced, Banda and Yaba. And I'm a little bit unsatisfied that they weren't like, I'd rather have Yaba or Banda like fuck around with Chishia at the end than Niragi, you know, personally, but it is what it is. I'm not, whatever. Like that's definitely something that could have been more played out in my opinion. I wish that they explored their characters more because they, they were really interesting and smart and I would have liked to see them. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that could be another thing where it's just, you know, victim of your own expectations where I thought, yeah, they were going to play a much bigger role and have like a, like a villainous streak where they were going to try and sabotage it at some point. But I mean, I guess they'll still be in borderland. I mean, not, not that we'll ever get any content on it, probably depending on whether what happens with a season three, but yeah, they've seemed like a waste, not a waste because they were good in that game and it was interesting, but the potential was not fulfilled. Season two, Alice in Borderland, is an 88 by critics and 84 by audience like, on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty You're good. Still good. It was, it was only, a great ride. Don't there's only eight critic scores, just keep in mind. And then for season one, it was 75 critic scores, but 91 audience. So, I mean, I do think season one was a little better than season two. I mean, Let's I, do- I think... So just help me see where you guys are at. Let's do our own little ratings real quick here. So 10 out of 10 being like the perfect show you've ever watched. I would say like Game of Thrones would be a 9 out of 10 personally. So I just want to hear uh, maybe out of 10 where you guys would put this. And so I'm going to start by saying I would give this probably a hard 8. Just a solid 8 um, personally. And I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. I'll probably be like, I don't know. How would it? I would have okay, been. Okay, like, the main question is going to be: Are we doing it like mm, one seven and, and a half? I'll give, I'll give seven like, and a half because yeah. we're doing it like. Uh, and I, I guess I use I hear people use this term, but with like the Dave Fortnor like one bite rankings, where like three and four, like five is like a, not a terrible score in the sense that it's like exactly average. Yeah, if we establish it like that, then yeah, five I guess would would just be like an like I don't know what would a five still it's like a semi enjoyable show like half the people like it half the people don't and I would say that this show is like a like a six point five now with the ending just because 
I don't know, the way it leaves it up for in- interpretation or the way they at least portrayed it, it didn't give you, like, it almost left it too open into a sense that, like, was this all not real? But, like, the Joker explanation of there being a different entity, like, that kind of boosts it up. But, like, without knowing that, I'd say it's like a six and a half just because yep. the world's great. The games are great. It's just uh, how I'll go back to it again. The fucking trying to solve the mystery and then mystery is there no mystery yeah i'm gonna actually drop mine really quickly before alki and kyle gives there i'm gonna go seven and a half because eight feels like like that's like a really good show like eight is a really good show and now i'm kind of talking myself into a seven but it's gonna be fall within a seven and eight not maybe fully an eight but like seven to seven point nine i'll give it in that range personally i think paul paul probably has it spot on from where i'm feeling and again it could be i could be too harsh because i just watched it like i've said a million times six six and a half i loved the games there were so many good games there was season one was such a fun ride and there's so many great characters it's just the ending and then looking back onto what we were actually going through to me it feels like it cheapens it a little bit so i'll say six and a half i I still would say that i think people should watch the show and Mm -hmm. formulate their own opinion on the ending but I, 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 for me, I would say, yeah, like a six and a half. I don't think I would like hype the show up so much to people like you need to watch this show. But I would say uh-huh. if someone thinks they want to watch it, I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, definitely yeah. watch it. It's a fun ride. The ending is is something that's a little open ended. Maybe I wouldn't say that because that might ruin it. But it's also, I think, a better show to be binged. Like, it's not something that you can just periodically watch like i think if you just binge it like you'll have a better experience and like i also maybe if we convince jimmy to watch it like to have someone like because luke was on season one like recording so i would like to hear like an opinion of someone who just kind of goes into it and chase. just like ends it without like yeah i guess chase would be a good good person to ask about that because i just want to see like maybe because we have this podcast and that we have like we're kind of For theorizing sure. a little bit it maybe ruined it a little bit so i would like uh, to see I what chase thought about it totally agree 100 percent that we almost did it in maybe the worst way and we sat down and talked about every single detail from every episode and tried to fit it into a to make it make sense but it, in our defense it felt like a show that deserved that treatment yeah because they were so logical the entire time and it just it just was so i was so thrown that i couldn't even comprehend what i was watching for like 45 minutes and then in the end i'm just sitting there like trying to think it over and for some reason i was just left a little wanting but i mean the overall ride was great i mean the the world they created it was great the character is amazing yeah i'm definitely glad i I watched it. it And yeah, and yeah. I love that we watched it all together. And like we said, we've done the two seasons of the podcast and we've gotten to be able to throw theories around and we gotten good laughs and, you know, with water rising and just like a lot of bullshit and the characters are, were funny to us and it was great. It's just, yeah, the ending, like Paul said, perfectly left me wanting. Okay, let's I hear want, all yours. Yeah. Yeah. I want to preface this by saying like, I would never recommend this to the average TV watcher because it is, it is an acquired taste because it is a manga and an anime and like not everybody likes that stuff and if you can get past it sure like you should watch it first watch the finale i thought it was like an eight like an 8.0 i'll be honest after our discussion i realized that there are a lot of glaring inconsistencies and some um things that you know make it that definitely just drop it down you know like i even though i'm okay with the purgatory explanation i still wish there were some some things that played out the way we theorize or just some things that played out with a more deeper explanation and rationale. 
I will say it's like a 7.7. I like it. Yeah, and I won't even like cover what we had like all like early in the season at the end of each episode. I kind of like was asking questions to each one of you, which every single one of them, like a character death, we were all wrong on because no one died really. And then, um, like, what is this world? Like, we were all wrong on, you know, Paul assumed it was like a replica game world, like simulation kind of stuff was being talked about. Like, we were all wrong. So I'm not even going to cover that. But are there any final thoughts that you guys want to give about the show before we close this out? Uh, a lot of baddies. Oh, you <laughs> took me. Fuck off, man. You said what I was going to say. A lot of baddies. A lot of, uh, lot of attractive, strong, independent women. There was a lot of good women characters in this, I thought. That was definitely one of the strong suits of the show. <laughs> yeah. Overall, though, I'm uh, yeah, like you guys have been saying, like I'm so glad that we were able to do this show. I think it is still definitely worth uh, a show worth watching. And even though maybe this podcast, we were you know very confused and maybe a little disappointed from how our tones were, but I think at the end of the day, it sounds like we all still very much enjoyed. It, and I hope that everyone listening can also enjoy the ending as well. If you like what you heard, be sure to give Binge Town TV a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Patreon, um, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We've got a lot of great content coming out in the new year with Yellow Jackets. There's a lot of new shows that we're going to be covering. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I'm blanking. The Last I think the, of Us. The Last of Us is The Witcher. There's a something Witcher. Witcher, Witcher just came out. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if we're apparently not it's that. tanking. I'll tell you apparently that right it's, now. Apparently, um, it's ass. I'm The Witcher showrunner on Binge Town. We're not covering it. <laughs> you don't even want to do like a full season, John? Just maybe we'll we'll see. We'll see (laughs) just to get some hate out of your heart. I have a quick detail to add. I wanted to say this earlier. Um, Last night when I was on Netflix, Alice in Borderland is number four in shows. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, it was up there. Definitely a lot of hype. Yeah. I mean, I think that they, they deserve it. Like they put all the work in to make this show. There was a lot of amazing parts. Like I, it was enjoyable. Like people should definitely, I'm glad that, that, it, you know, it got that high of a ranking. Cause I think it deserves to have eyeballs on it. It just, the ending was definitely, amazing. it's still way better than squid game. I mean, let's be honest here. Come on. I, I'm still going to agree with you on that. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I've never seen squid game. So don't watch it. It sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> well, once again, we are binge town TV and thanks for listening. Woo. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.